too much, fellas. Philippians chapter number three tonight. Philippians chapter number three. We've been um, kind of working through Philippians for a little while now. And um, again, I don't want to belabor it. I try to do sections as far as a, a thought that Paul was trying to get across to the Philippian church. And I want to do that tonight again. Philippians chapter three, verses 10 through verse 14. Philippians 10. I'm sorry, verse 16, forgive me, verse 10 through 16. So let's read those verses together. Verse 10 says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, that means partnership of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, if you're a Christian, you've attained to the resurrection of the dead because we're going to all be resurrected out of here and uh, be with the Lord at the rapture. But verse number 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I, verse 14, I want you to read out loud with me together. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Our text tonight and thought comes from verse 14. I press toward the mark. We're getting toward the end of the year. And uh, January uh, 1st, I believe, is Saturday. And again, on next Sunday will, of course, be the second. But uh, I, I want you to be thinking about, again, using this message tonight, again, in line with where we're at in Philippians, Press toward the mark. And uh, we all want the Lord to come back, but if he doesn't come back, you need to keep pressing. And so tonight that'll be the thought. Let's ask the Lord's uh, blessing on his word. Father, we thank you. Again, ask for your blessing on your word. Thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I ask you again, please use it in our hearts and lives. Give liberty and power of the Holy Spirit, both the speaking as well as the hearing. And Lord, help us now and guide and direct us in our own personal life, what you'd have for us, what we can do for others. Thank you again. Thank you that we can be salt and light. Help us do just that until you come back. Help us to press toward the mark. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, this idea of pressing toward the mark, the word pressed means to pursue. The word mark actually means goal. So if I was going to retitle tonight, which I always try to use if the Lord allows, I try to use the title as the scripture says, I press toward the mark. What Paul was saying, he's saying that we need to pursue a goal. Think about it. I press, meaning pursue, to, toward the mark, the word mark, meaning a goal. We need to pursue a goal. It's very, very interesting in the United States of America that only 55% of people will even make a New Year's goal in their life. Now, unfortunately, as statistics go, 8% of those, which is of the 55%, 55% make a goal, which is about half, 8% of those people actually succeed in reaching their goal. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people do not set goals both personally, physically, spiritually, however you want to say it, in their own life. And, and I'm telling you, as Christians, we ought to be pressing toward the mark. We ought to be pursuing a goal as far as in our lives. We should not get to the place where we just are comfortable where, where we are. We ought to want to continue to go forward. And so tonight, let's look at the passage together and just give you some thoughts what Paul said in order to per, 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 uh, press toward the mark and reach the goal that God's given us in our lives. Now, why don't you notice verse number 14, first of all, I press toward the mark. Then look at verse number 15. The word let us is used three times. In verse 15, the first two words, let us, therefore. Verse number 16, nevertheless, word two we have already attained, let us. Walk by the same rule, let us. Mind the same thing. So three times he uses this phrase. And I really believe it's in reference to verse number 14. When he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, he goes on to say, 
let us therefore, in other words, because we're pressing toward the mark, therefore, let us what? As many as be perfect, complete, let uh, be thus minded, if in anything ye otherwise minded. So here's what he's saying. We should be thus minded because we're trying to strive for this idea of perfection, not of sinlessness, but this idea of perfection of being a well-rounded Christian. Just remember, if you took your, your life and you made it into a pie, you would notice that there's different sections of your life. There's, and again, I don't have the, there's not a, uh, um, a perfect scenario, but in your life, there's family. In your life, uh, there's personal. In your life, there's physical. In your life, there's spiritual. If you were to try to make a graph of your life, your life is not just one thing, it's several. I mean, <laughs> lots of different things that make up your life. And when God talks about in Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse number 42, he said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He's not talking about being sinless in the idea of perfection. He's talking about being complete, spiritually mature as a Christian. So again, what, what was Paul trying to say when he says, I press toward the mark? He says, we as Christians who are striving for perfection, completion in the Christian life, spiritual maturity in the Christian life, should be therefore thus minded. What minded? I press toward the mark. Just remember, listen, you are not going to be the Christian. You need to be a complete Christian in every area of your life unless you continue to strive to be better than what you are tonight. I always go back to Proverbs, uh, that verse, chapter 24, verse 6, number 16. He says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. And again, I know it's elementary, but can I just say it again? The word seven is not seven times. The word seven is the number of completion. In other words, you fall down, you get back up. You fall down, you get back up. It's a completion. I fall down, I get back up. The word seven, seven days in a week. Uh, Sunday, thank you very much. I almost said January, all right? <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you, so you don't even know what the days of the week are, all right? I'm okay. So there's a completion involved, all right? I start on Sunday. I'm going to come back to Sunday. It's the same way in the Christian life. If I'm going to be a complete Christian, a spiritually mature Christian, I've got to have be thus minded. What's the mind that Paul's talking about? I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I'm pursuing a goal in my life. I don't want to just, listen to me now, I don't want to get to a place in my life where I'm just satisfied. Listen, you ought to want to be a better soul winner. You ought to want to be a, have a better devotion to God. You ought to want to be a better parent. You ought to be a, want to be a better spouse. There ought to be a pursuing of a goal in your life as long as you're living. Paul not only says that, look at what he says next in verse number 16. Again, I think 15 and 16 are referring back to verse 14. He says, in verse 14, I press I pressed toward the mark. Verse number 15, we should be thus minded. Verse number 16, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. What rule? I want to tell you what the rule is. I think the rule he's talking about is verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. He used the word let us again in verse 16. Remember, uh, let us, verse 15, first two words. Verse 16, let us walk by the same rule. Then again, let us mind the same thing. Hey, listen, from the youngest person to the oldest, Paul's writing this to, to, to the Philippian church, by the way. And when Paul's writing to the church, he's talking to every member of the church. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, boy or girl, man or woman. We should be thus minded that I want to be, and I'm using the phrase, I want to be better than what I am right now. But the truth of the matter is, I want to be perfect, more perfect than I am right now. Again, not so that I can be sinless, but that I can be spiritually mature in my Christianity. You know, sometimes I, personally, I, I get aggravated with people. You all don't have that problem. 
So let me just talk from the pulpit side, okay? Because from the pew side, <clears throat> you all are so even keeled that you have taken on to love your neighbor as yourself as a number one goal in your life. And you never have an irritation with people. Pe There's a place for you down here. I'm just telling you right now, okay? Did you understand? <laughs> you know, I... Again, some of you have been here long enough, uh, and you know my imperfections as well as my perfections. But sometimes I get ir irritated with, with uh, people when they act like babies, okay? And uh, I'm, I'm thankful there's nobody that has come to my mind uh, tonight, so you're okay. Uh, if we stay here long enough, several people will come to my mind, I'm sure. But, but it, it's a bother to me that you can't just tell somebody, that's not right, don't do that, without them getting mad at you. To me, that's being a baby, all right? And, and I'm not talking about being a baby as in, a, in our physical realm. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You have not, a person, listen to church family, you have not grown spiritually enough if somebody can't tell you you're wrong and you just get out of sorts with everybody because somebody said you're wrong. By the way, that's what Asa did when Hanani the prophet came to him. And Hanani the prophet said, hey, listen, that was kind of dumb. You were relying upon Sarah when you should have relied upon God. And he throws, the, and he throws them in prison. Now, now, so sometimes I have to be careful because my irritation, and by the way, I want to be a spirit-filled Christian. I don't want to be a carnal Christian in my flesh. And as a pastor, sometimes I get impatient. I think a person should be a whole lot farther along than what they are. I think two plus two equals four. If you read your Bible, pray, and go to church, there's a good chance you're going to make it in, your, in, the, in the Christian life. And so sometimes you get irritated. But can I just tell you that what Paul was trying to tell the Philippian church, he said every one of us ought to be striving for perfection. Okay, so yes, I'm weak in certain areas of my life, but I should be striving to, to try to get those areas higher, all right? So if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm lacking in my devotion, then I should strive, be thus minded, to walk by the same rule as a congregation. We should look at our lives, find out what part of that graph is lacking, whether it's my devotion life, my soul winning life, my giving life, my, my interaction with people life, all of the spiritual perfection, wherever I'm lacking, it, we go back to verse number 14 that Paul said, hey, listen, as a congregation, you know what you should be doing? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I should strive to pursue the goal, all right? Listen to me. A person once said, and it's so true, shoot at nothing, you hit every time. When you become satisfied with the Christian life, you're not trying to move forward in your Christian life. You're never going to move forward in the Christian life. So can I just tell you and remind us tonight that what Paul was trying to say is, Pursue a goal. Push forward. Now, tonight, I want to tell you, show you these just quickly, these, these verses here. What Paul did, or I should say what he said to the Philippian church, on how to press toward the mark. We're coming on 2022. I'm going to just point out the three things that Paul mentions. Let's look at them quickly now in your Bible. Verse number 12 and verse 13 is the first one. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect but I follow after, that if, that by, if, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have, what's the word? And, uh, apprehended. Now he used the word attained and he used the word apprehended. The word attained means have not taken. The word apprehended means have not seized or possessed. Now I think you see it, so I'm just going to say it. If you are ever going to get to a place where you pursue a goal, you have to first of all realize you haven't attained. Amen. Hey, I know, that, I know that's pretty basic, but that's what Paul was trying to tell the Philippian church. He said, I have not attained. I have not reached the goal. I'm not the husband I 
would like to be. I'm not the pastor I would like to be. I'm not the preacher I'd like to be. I'm not the Christian I'd like to be. I'm not the soul winner I'd like to be. What Paul was trying to say is, I haven't attained. You are not even going to set a goal if you're satisfied with where you're at. You haven't attained. None of us have our glorified body yet. None of us have reached that area of perfection, sinless perfection. And by the way, you're not going to get to sinless perfection unless you're dead. Well, as long as you're saved. But if you're saved, the moment you die, you're going to get your glorified body. No more temptation, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more problem. But you haven't reached that yet. So what you should be striving for is I press toward the mark. I pursue a goal. Why am I pursuing a goal? Because I realize I haven't attained. I could read you the verse and quote, I can't quote it, but I could read you the verse, but I want you to look at it. Go, uh, go over to Revelation chapter 3, hold your place in Philippians. I want, you, I want you to see it with your eyes if you don't mind. Revelation chapter number 3, the Laodicean age. I believe that's the day that we're living in. The Laodicean churches, verses 14 through 19. They're not hot, they're not cold. Verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Verse 17, because thou sayest. In other words, the Laodicean, this is exactly what they say. I'm rich. Verse 17, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and have need of what? And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know the problem with the Laodicean church is? They don't think they need anything. They don't think they need anything. You know what Heritage Baptist Church should always be doing? They should always be pressing toward a mark. And I'm not talking about us just, just as a church. This year's new, uh, I'm sorry, I should have gave that out tonight. This year's, um, this year's uh, uh, oh, theme for the coming year is committed. We should be committed to Christ. Amen. We should be committed with our family. We should be committed with our finances. We should be committed to our marriage. We should be committed, all right? Amen. And most importantly, you should be committed to God. That'll be our new theme for this year. But can I tell you, though, that's not going to happen like it should be if we don't pursue a goal, press toward the mark. How do I do that? I haven't made it yet. I haven't apprehended. I haven't attained. Listen, tonight's message is not about kicking yourself, uh, kicking yourself tonight, but it is about reevaluating yourself tonight. Where are you spiritually? What would you like to do for the Lord? Where would you like to be in the Christian life? It's not a discouraging thing just to, simply to say, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be closer to God. <clears throat> but the only way that happens, there has to be an attitude. There has to be a, re a realization. I've not attained. That's what Paul said. Paul says, if you're going to press toward the mark, this is what you need to do. All of us can do more. All of us can read more. All of us can win more. All of us can give more. All of us can sacrifice more. All of us can help more. All of us could be a better Christian than what we are. And if we do not get, get honest with ourselves by just simply saying, I'm not perfect. I'm not complete. I'm not where I should be or could be. That's the first thing that has to happen. Look at the second thing now. Look at verse number 13 with me. Paul says, if you're going to press toward the mark, first of all, you had to realize you haven't attained Verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What's the word? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but you know what Paul said? If you're going to pursue a goal and press toward a mark, the second thing that you have to do is you have to forget the past. 
Now, I know some of you tonight, and by the way, I, I think it's, part, I think it's a, a, a good part of this, not the only part, you have to forget the past that's causing you not to go forward. And most of the time, can I tell you what causes a person not to go forward? They think about past failures. They think about past sin. They think about the skeletons in their closet. Listen to me tonight. If you're continually looking back at past failures, you will never pursue a goal. You will never be what the Lord wants you to do as long as you're looking back. By the way, I think that's not the only thing Paul was talking about. I think when Paul said forgetting those things are behind, he was not just talking about past failures. I think he's talking about past victories. He says, hey, listen, you cannot be looking back of what I used to be, what I used to do, where I used to teach, the souls I used to get, see, see saved. You can't live there. If you're going to pursue a goal and press toward the mark, you can't look back. Just, I mean, just think about Paul's life. <laughs> Paul was a great man. Uh, if I was to only point out one thing in Paul's life that to me was wrong, it's the three or four times that the Holy Spirit told Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem anyway. The Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, through people, told him, don't go to Jerusalem. Oh, I don't care if I go to jail. Okay, I'm glad, because that's where he stayed. Amen. Now, Paul's in heaven. He's got the perfect body, and God told us the good and bad about everybody. But you know what Paul said? Paul, writing his letter to the Philippian church of what we're reading right now, was from the Roman jail. I'm not going to go back and relive how many times the Holy Spirit told me not to go here. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pursue a goal. I'm going to press toward the mark. I'm not going to go back and look at what I did wrong. I'm going to, go, I'm going to look forward to what I can do right. Amen. But think about it. That's not the only thing Apostle Paul did. From what we read, we believe that he, he started like some 214 churches. And obviously from what we have from the Bible itself, not just from history, but we, we have the Bible that teaches us how many churches that Apostle Paul started. Paul says, I don't dwell on how many churches I started. Apostle Paul led many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul says, I don't think about all the people I led to Christ. I'm thinking about the person I'm trying to win to Christ. Just me, if you're going to pursue a goal in your, in your life to be a better Christian in 2022, can I tell you what you're going to have to do? You have to realize, first of all, you haven't attained. You're not perfect. Can I tell you what you need to do? You need to, Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. I want to tell you something. You can live a very discouraged life if you keep looking back. Isn't it interesting that Jesus himself, he said when he was talking to the disciples in Luke chapter 9, verse number 62, he said, no man having put his hand to the plow and what? Looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You, you can't look back. Are you all okay tonight? Say amen. Sometimes when a person comes to my office and they're asking for counsel, and the counsel that they're asking for is sensitive, and they start to tell me things about their past, I said, no, wait a second. I'm here, I'm here to help you. I am a, I'm, a part, I'm not part of the problem, but I'm a solution to the problem. But I'm just telling you, if there's things you don't want me to know, I wouldn't say it. You know, sometimes people have a tendency. Now, some things you have to know in order to be able to give people the right counsel. But sometimes people, they're just looking for somebody to talk to. And unfortunately, they tell too much. And I'm not about hiding sin. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that if a person is going to be able to go forward in life, the fewer people that know about their mistakes, the better off they're going to be. You, you, listen to me tonight. You have enough problems with people and the devil and your flesh to hinder you as a Christian. I wouldn't be telling your past sins to anybody. Yeah. 
By the way, does God forgive sin? He says he remembers them no more. Now, the word remember there is interesting because it doesn't mean remember like forgot. God can't forget. He's God. The word remember there means to never bring up again. I wish I could say that about people, but I can't. So can, can I just tell you that when, when you make a mistake in, the, in your past or there's a sin in your past or there's a problem in your past or there's a failure in your past, can I tell you, you shouldn't be looking back. You know the reason people want to tell their past sins to other people is because they never, got, they never stopped looking at them. It's gone. It's under the blood. It's forgiven. We don't have to bring it up again. You need to set some goals in your Christian life, and you're not going to set those goals. And first of all, until you realize, I haven't attained. And until second of all, you forget the past. Church family, uh, uh, so one thing I, I struggle with in my, Christian, in, my, in my life right now, of, of the time that I'm living, and I know it sounds crazy to you, but I'm concerned at age 52 that I'm concerned about being satisfied, and I'm concerned about my desire failing. And it's just a Bible principle from the book of Ecclesiastes that the older we get, our desire fails. That's why I don't like jumping out of airplanes anymore. I thought parachuting was a wonderful idea at age 30. I don't think it's so wonderful anymore. So what happens, you young people can't relate yet, but you will as you get older, your, your desire fails. All right? It's like the kids saying, man, we want to have an overnighter. Don't, don't you want to do an overnighter? No, I don't want to do overnight. I don't want to be in my bed. I want to sleep. The desire fails. But can I tell you as the pastor of the church, I'm concerned, God, that, 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 he would not, that he would help me not to get to a place where I'm just satisfied. Just, I mean, I'm not here to fill a pulpit. I'm not just here to preach a sermon. I'm here to oversee and for God to allow the church to do more. But can I just tell you something? If we look back, well, Harris Baptist Church, we put a track on every door in the state of Kansas. But can I tell you, there's more lost people since that happened. What you want for your church is you want a church that continually is going forward, getting the gospel to the world, whether it's through missionary endeavor or whether it's through local endeavor, but you want something happening. You don't want to be a part of a dead church. You, whether you say it or not, you don't want to be part of a dead church. Okay, then wait a second here. If you don't want to be a part of a dead church, then why would you want to live a dead family, a dead life, spiritually speaking? You want something to happen in your life. You want God to continue. Hey, is there not a greater thrill than to hear somebody say the sinner's prayer and accept Christ as their Savior? Amen. That's right. Amen. Praise God. Is there a greater thrill than your child that you gave birth to and get to that age of accountability where they understand, where they come to you and say, I'm not saved. Hey, you're a Christian life. You got to keep pursuing. You, you can't get to the place where, and I know we're coming on 2022, but church family, we could preach this in July. We all need to be pursuing, press toward the mark. Amen. How do I press toward the mark? Number one, I got to make sure I don't have that attitude I've already attained, because none of us have. I, I can't be looking back at the past. I've got to forget the past, casting down imaginations and every high thing. Those imaginations, those thoughts, hey, listen, that's the past. I'm going forward. Last of all, look at verse number 13 now. Verse 13 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and what's the next two words? Reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
So Paul says, hey, listen, this is how I press toward the mark. First thing I do is I realize I've not attained. Second of all, I forget the past. Third of all, I reach forward. Reach forth. It's the idea of, of going forward. Isn't it interesting that Paul always used, and not always, but several times, he always used this idea of a race. And I, won't go, I can't read all the passages with you, but 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27, just the phrase says, I therefore, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. In fact, the next verse out of 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 27, but I keep under my body, talking about the race, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He says, listen, I beat the flesh down so I can win my race. Hey, did any of you growing up uh, do the races like in high school where you're on that track and you got your lane? Oh, well, several of you. Brother Ortiz, you never ran a race. Get out of here. Um, ra race, race. Yeah. Hey, Church, I mean, you are, isn't it interesting you watch a race on the race on the track and they've got those painted lines that each runner has their lane? Can I tell you something? God has a perfect will for your life and you have your lane. And you've got a race to run. And you've got to reach forward on that race that Paul's talking about. Hebrews 12, verse number one, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Why? And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Church family, you're about to come on this new year. I press, meaning pursue. Toward the mark, meaning goal. I pursue a goal. I don't know what goals you need to set this year. And it was something else I was supposed to hand out tonight. I forgot that too, is the uh, goal uh, involves. They're probably already done. I probably should have brought them in here. But you need to set some goals for your life this year. I type mine into my phone or my iPad, so I have an electronic version of it. But you can write it down. So just, just, I mean, if you set three or four or five goals of things that you would like to do this year, maybe for some of you this year, all right, so soul winning is a difficult thing for you. If you would just say, okay, I'm going to try to give out three tracks a week. I'm going, to, I'm going to hand a track to somebody and say, hey, listen, would you get a chance? Would you read this? Tells you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. If that's all, you, you say, I don't tell people it's not part of my nature, then set a goal to push you that direction. Church, I mean, I'm on my Bible reading right now. I'm on James chapter number three. Now, I, can I just say to rest you assured, I do read my Bible. Just letting you know that, okay? Some of you look nervous now, but anyway. But I try every year to at least read through my Bible once, and I know that excludes all the writing Sunday school lessons and preparing of messages and my personal study, the writing of books. I'm in my Bible a lot, but in, in, in that sense, and that's kind of a very proud statement because I'm not in my Bible enough. But one thing I do try to do is read through my Bible. Out of everything else I do, I try to make sure I read through my Bible once in every year. Now, I'm on James chapter 3, and I'm about two or three days, I think, behind, if I remember correctly. Um, but I will finish my Bible this week. I will, by God's grace, finish it this week. Amen. Now, can I tell you, there are some of you in here, you have in your mind, there is no way I can read through my Bible in a year. I just can't do it, okay? But if you would just set a goal yes. that even if you're going to read three chapters, they say, okay, I'm going to read two chapters a day, but I'm going to have me a chart that shows those two chapters. I'll make my own chart if I have to. That shows those, you, if you would just set a goal of, of reaching something. Yes, yeah, listen to me tonight. Some, some of our young people, they get very discouraged because reading three, three, three chapters a day, 
to them is like, you know, spending a lifetime in your Bible. And so they, in their mind, because they failed week after week after week, they just give up. Listen to me. You're starting a new year. Clean state, clean slate. I like the verse where he says in the book of, uh, I think it's uh, Ecclesiastes, he says his mercies are new every morning. I think about to start a new year. I think you should set some goals. Hey, listen. Parents, some of you need to set some goals. I'm going to spank my kid every day. Just do it. I don't care. All right? I'm going to set a goal. All right? Three swats every day. Whether you need it or not, it's my goal. Okay, some of you kids just woke up. It's about time. <laughs> but you ought to set some goals. Fellas, you're not a loving person. So you're, uh, you know, let's face it. The one thing God tells the husband... Think, think four times. He tells the husband, husbands love your wives. Amen. I, I think the reason God tells the husband to love his wife, your wife is more natural to love you than, than you are to love her. So set a goal. Amen. You know, Brother Gray, pastors in Great Bend, Kansas, you know what he does for his wife? Or for, and he's done this for years and years and years. He keeps inside his wallet a card of all his wife's favorite things. Favorite drink, favorite soda, the size of her dress. I don't buy clothing for my, for my wife, but that, I mean, he's got everything down to a T. And he keeps it with him. Now, I don't know what you need to do as far as your spouse, but set some goals to make your marriage better. Wives, surely there's something that you can do that you're not, you say, oh, man, I, I, just, I do so much for, your, for my husband. Find something you're not doing. But set a goal that this is what I'm going to try to do this year. I press toward the mark. I pursue a goal. How am I going to do that? I want to tell you how to do it. I'm not a perfect spouse. I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect parent. I have not attained. How am I going to do that? I'm going to forget all the times I let my kids get away with everything. I'm going to start being a better disciplinarian. I'm going to forget about all the times I didn't treat my wife right. I'm going to pursue, I'm going to move forward on this thing. I'm going to forget the past. How am I going to make this? I've got to reach forth. I've got to go forward. Teenagers in here, listen, I want to tell you something. God, listen to me now. God has a perfect will for your life. You don't know what that will is yet. It has not come about. So you know what you ought to be doing? You ought to be trying to become perfect in a lot of different areas of your life. You ought to strive physically to take care of your temple. You, you ought to strive mentally, academically, to learn a little bit about different things. My kids are doing chemistry right now in high school, I think, during chemistry. <clears throat> I got a couple that don't like it. I don't, think, I don't think I ever had chemistry. And I just want to say I'm, I'm thankful. Amen. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have chemistry. I would have blown something up. I'm just telling you. I might have liked chemistry now that I think about it. <laughs> My chemistry teacher's car <laughs> just blew up. Okay, anyway. <laughs> you know, there's certain things in your life that you ought to strive to be better at. Push yourself. Young person, listen. Your parents can only do so much in the sense that they're working a job. They're trying to love, one, love each other. They're trying to oversee the family. They're trying to pay the bills. Listen to me. Some of you teenagers ought to have some self-motivation that your mom and dad doesn't have to keep pushing you along. You ought to strive for perfection. And you ought to look at your life and find, okay, I'm weak in this area, weak in this area. Some of you in here, you wouldn't pick up a book unless the teacher says, I want you to do a book report on it. Some of you need to have as a goal this year, I'm going to read I'm not, whatever kind of reading you want to do. Now make sure it's the right kind of reading, but besides my Bible, maybe you should read a little bit. Set a goal. Yeah. Just remember, we could, I, could, I could stay here for a while probably tonight, and we could try to think of all the different things tonight. We could talk. 
all I'm trying to say is Apostle Paul said, hey, listen, I need to press toward the mark. I need to, I need to pursue a goal. I have not attained. I'm going to forget the things in the past, and I'm going to reach forward. Can I tell you what you ought to do as a Christian tonight? I want to tell you, you ought to realize you haven't attained. You ought to forget the past, and you ought to reach forward. You don't have to wait till 2022 starts, but it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. So tonight, can I just implore, encourage, you look at yourself tonight where you're at and say, hey, listen, I'm going to press toward the mark. Because one day I am going to stand before God. And he's going to look at what he gave me, whether it was five talents, three talents, or one. And some Christians are going to get to heaven like that person in the talents, and all they're going to say is, well, I know you gave it to me, but I buried it. I didn't want to lose it. And he's going to say, you wicked and slothful servant, you. But there's going to be others. You took the five talents or the talents and the abilities that God gave you and you kept pressing toward the mark. Keep pushing yourself. Listen, the person who stops pushing themselves has to be pushed or they become nothing. I don't want to be pushed and I don't want to become nothing. So I need to press toward the mark. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?